Um, we are not there yet. Uh, so um, I think you know you're quoting in, on on the pipeline, but uh, by end of this year, I think we will be at 100k um, MRR. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey folks, my guest today is Bizkundu Roy. He's building a company called Coaster, C-O-A-S-T-R.com. It helps digitize vehicle rental operations. Now, he's a software engineer and management consultant by background. He's also an avid traveler. And he's faced numerous issues while renting cars, which forced him to think about finding a disruptive solution for the industry to ensure fellow travelers can benefit from a truly digital car rental experience of the future. Biz, you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Ready to go. All right. I know there's there's nothing I like less than flying across the country, landing in LA, waiting for the Fox Rent-A-Car bus to pick me up at the airport stop, then waiting in line at Fox Rent-A-Car for an hour, and then not having the car available that I booked because it wasn't actually confirmed. And then I, it sounds like you've experienced the same problem. It is exactly the kind of the starting point of where the coaster journey began. Because I'm I'm quite a regular user of car rental myself, and you know I, I just stop to wonder what 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 a kind of you know totally different experience could look like and that's where sort of the idea behind coaster really uh, emerged and what we are effectively doing is really you know taking a step back looking at what customers really want and providing the technology to the car rental operators to achieve that so almost making them future ready so who are you selling to are you selling to fox rent a car and hertz and these kinds of people um, so, um, yes, um, a large part of our kind of uh, proposition is to sell to or provide the innovation and the platform to car rental, vehicle rental operators. Um, although a lot of our focus tends to be in the more kind of SME sector. So, you know, we, we are trying to almost equip the um, local car rental businesses. Um, the reason for that is um, just another of my kind of uh, or our founding our finding is that a lot of the local players don't have access to really state-of-the-art technology for them to build something that you know we can offer is really really difficult so we are sort of democratizing the access to such innovation for these and thereby creating an uplifting upliftment of the entire industry as a whole so that every bit of car rental services provided to you know every consumer or every corporate user um, achieves the same uh, kind of digitization in future and so, um, what so that's these kind of the idea of sort of car rental shops pay you per month to use the software? Well, it it would vary depending on what what they would take, but there's quite a bit of um, you know flexibility. So, for example, they could just use the software um, uh, version without any of the kind of connected mobility uh, or uh, connected cars technology. But very very basic users would pay anything between kind of you know three to four pounds per vehicle per month. Uh, and that could, uh, the, as the three to four pounds per what per vehicle per month per vehicle. What if a vehicle doesn't go rented? It's just sitting on the lot. I uh, know. So we, we, it doesn't matter. Uh, so it's more on the asset rather than on, uh, whether they're being booked or not. 
so we don't charge any commission on the booking. It's morely, more about management of the asset because our platform is a operational platform, right? So, so they're how, managing many cars their did, how many cars does on average do your customers have as an asset base? Uh, it would vary again, um, a, but we classify them as tier three and tier two. So tier threes are anything between kind of 10, 15 vehicles to up to, uh, let's say, a thousand vehicles. And then tier twos are the slightly larger volume players. So anything with a thousand plus vehicles effectively is a tier two. And then your herds of the world are tier ones in, in our kind of um, the way we classify the customer segmentation. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the tier one has more than 10,000 vehicles? I would say they are more sort of multinational, global. Uh, they could have fleet anywhere from kind of 100,000 plus. 100K plus. Okay, interesting. And so, um, okay, got it. That's helpful. So today, though, I mean, it's hard to focus on all three of these customer segments at once, right? So on, I'm going to force you into an average here so we can just move along. What was the average customer sort of pay your prone? Is it 1,000 vehicles? So five grand, you know, 50 grand a month? Uh, yeah, so um, I think our, our average uh, consumer base on the tier threes would be about uh, 150 to 200 vehicles. And then on the on the larger operator side, it's about, uh, an, on, on an average, it would be 3,000 vehicles. Uh, the reason why I'm keeping them separate is the customer concentration is different. So if, if I find an average, it's going to be a heavily uh, weighted average, which would not make any sense. So we, we have to treat it as two separate segmentation and different averages. That's that fine. How many are on tier three right now? Paying customers on tier three. Um, so we currently we are obviously focused on the UK market. So we have about uh, fifty plus customers. Uh, um, so these have been largely acquired in the last twelve months. And on the tier two side, we have about um, three or four of them um, who are just coming uh, operational. And then um, by end of this year, we are looking to bring some more, which are on the kind of early conversation or in the pipeline. So we'd expect to get a, a, about kind of 10 or 12 of them, um, hopefully by the end of this year. Okay. But those tier two folks paying you for 2,000 vehicles at four bucks a pop, I mean, each of them are paying you something like 8,000 bucks a month, something like that. Um, I, I um, So the math doesn't work exactly um, on volume players. So the pricing for volume players would be, there would be heavy discounts. Um, the well, how heavy though? You just said the average tier two is paying three to four bucks a car. If I take four bucks times 2000 vehicles, that's eight grand a month. Uh, yeah. So uh, I was quoting you the price which you offer as a retail to tier three operators. Uh, with volume players, there would be a discounted offering of anything between uh, 25 to 30%. Um, so they would pay maybe a smaller amount, um, anywhere from kind of two pounds to three pounds per vehicle per month on the software only. I see, I see, I see. So converting to USD, maybe like it's three bucks per vehicle per month across 2000 vehicles, which is the average you said, that's like six grand a month in revenue instead of eight grand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But still, I mean, we can take six grand a month times three or four of those that you're onboarding right now. I mean, that puts you at like 18, 20 grand of revenue. Plus you've got 50 with 200 cars each, right? 200 cars at five bucks a pop. What is that? A thousand bucks a month. So there's like 50,000 bucks a month in your tier tier three segment. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, um, on an average, if you put it at, at hundred, yes. Uh, so around about that figure. So we earn about kind of 750 to a thousand per, uh, smaller tier of customer. And then there's the upsell piece. So as they take more of the connected mobility solutions like telematics, keyless envy, 
um, that figure jumps th three times um, as well in terms of the price. I see. But MRR today is about 100,000 bucks a month, something like that. Um, we are not there yet. Uh, so um, I think you know, you're quoting in, on, on the pipeline, but uh, by end of this year, I think we will be at 100K um, MRR. And so what are you at today? Like 10K, 20K? A roughly about the 20. Okay, got it. So when you told me that you had 50, cust 50 customers on the tier three plan and three or four on the tier two, those are not cut paying customers. Those are people that are in your pipeline. Um, so out of the 50 that I mentioned, uh, all of them are paying customers, but uh, their fleet would vary. So I've given you an average. I think if you are looking for a more accurate figure, then you have to ask me an accurate figure. Um, but um, the whole idea here is um, they, they pay per use. So as their inventory changes, you know, sometimes they start off with 100, they could go up to 200, they pay per use. So um, as 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 the, hold on, you said that they you said that they were paying per asset. Now you're saying they pay per use. As the asset goes up and down, they would pay based on uh, the increase and decrease of the volume of the asset. So it's not a fixed amount. What I'm saying is, if they have 20 cars today in month one and 30 cars in month two, they would not pay for um, you know, 30 cars on, on month one, they would pay only for 20 cars on month one. And as they increase, they would pay for 30 cars in month two. If they then go down into back to 20 cars, then they would pay for 20 cars. So it's sort of follows the asset volume of them. Do people and go down a lot? Go Why, if someone goes from 30 cars down to 20, are they selling off 10 cars yeah, in a month? Uh, I, th I think you probably haven't heard about the major crisis in this industry with supply. Um, so a large part of the asset going down is a result of lack of supply from um, vehicle manufacturers. So effectively what has happened is a lot of um, rental companies, small and big, both, they have to had to deflate, but they don't have the same um, volume of in, incoming vehicles effectively there. Why do they gone. have to deflate? Uh, if you don't deflate at the right time, then you, uh, you effectively you are losing out money. So the revenue is on on um, the way the rental model works, and I'm sort of going back going to the basics here. So rental income or rental companies uh, earn income from two ways. One is buying and selling of the vehicle at the right time. So they buy in bulk at a reduced cost and then sell their assets at the right time to optimize the value of that asset. So deflating is essential. Um, and in the meantime, then they are sort of earning through the depreciation of the vehicle by putting it out, out on rental. So they would have to sell the fleet at a certain point. Um, uh, some of them do it within six months. Uh, I think enterprise and some of the larger operators, uh, the smaller operators sometimes take it up to 18 months. But most of them, you will always see them selling between six to 18 months effectively. I see, I see. All right, guys, this is almost comical. These guys reached out to sponsor the show, and obviously I use and test every sponsor that comes through. This is crazy. I started asking other founders, hey, have you heard of these guys? And some of the fastest growing SaaS founders use these guys for one specific thing. If you guys are building a SaaS application that relies on your customers integrating with HubSpot or Google Drive or Stripe or Salesforce or MailChimp, having your engineering team spend the time to study all those API docs 
manually build the integrations and then maintain those integrations over time is a massive engineering time suck. This tool allows you to ship those integrations with a push of a button to your customers. You save engineering time, you avoid all those messy docs. It's just a much simpler process. Now, many of you guys solve this by just sending people to Zapier, but that takes people out of your experience, which you don't want to do. Try Paragon today at nathanlatka.com forward slash Paragon. That's nathanlatka.com forward slash P-A-R-A-G-O-N. So put all this on a timeline for me, Viz. When did you launch the business? What year? Uh, we started, well, I officially registered the business in 2018. And uh, we sort of um, started trading um, 2020, August. Uh, that's when our beta platform or the solve beta version of the platform went out live with three or four customers. Uh, they're paying some minimalistic revenue um, or earning some minimalistic revenue. But from January 2020, we really sort of increased our user base. So that's where we kind of jumped to about 40, uh, 50 customers in the tier three space by end of 2021. And we also onboarded a few of these larger operators, which are just becoming operational as well. So if you're at 50 customers today doing about $10,000 a month in total revenue, where were you exactly a year ago? Do you remember? Um, we were about um, one to, I'm quoting in pounds. So we were earning about maybe um, 1,000, 2,000 pounds revenue. Okay. Uh, which is roughly How many, around two and a half, two how and many half customers thousand. back then? Um, it was just um, kind of four, four or five customers beginning of the year. And how did you fund the business for those two years when you were building without any revenue? Um, we bootstrapped quite a lot. Um, so, you know, first uh, couple of years um, up until uh, I think August 2019, we were just bootstrapping with a few of us. Um, we got we, we applied for a few grants as well. Uh, got a lot of support from, um, from various kind of universities in terms of uh, developers and resources. We raised our kind of pre-seed round uh, back in August 2019, which was a small capital from sort of family and fr- friends, which then kind of gave us the capital to hire some engineers. Go and, How much did you raise uh, in the pre-seed? Um, again, in pounds, it's about 200,000. Uh, uh, I think dollars, it would be about 350 or so. Mm-hmm. Got it. So 300,000 pre-seed mm-hmm. and most folks in their seed are selling about 20% of the business. Is that about what you sold? No, um, we, we gave up about 8%. How did you make, how'd you make that happen? That sounds like a great deal for you. Uh, I mean, it's part of how much we had bootstrapped and how much further we had been. So, um, you know, we, we did, we followed some first principles in, in the whole journey, which is, you know, get, get a customer. So we had uh, almost like three or four customers where, uh, we were working to sort of, you know, pro, uh, test the prototype and um, they had sort of signed letter of intent. So if you build it, they would buy it effectively, that kind of model. So when we showed all of that traction, it helped to negotiate a better kind of valuation with uh, the people coming in early. We didn't raise a lot either. I mean, you know, given the, the kind of um, capital we need, that's a very small amount or how much we have raised since then. It, it's, it was a small amount. So we we raised only what we needed, and then that uh, we utilized to gain further ahead in terms of traction. Launch a early version of the product, 
again, you know, uh, evidence the kind of product market fit early with more customers desiring the product. Uh, incidentally, at that point in time, um, we had the pandemic and the kind of lockdowns as well starting. So um, what we did was we started offering the platform for free trials, uh, sort of three months, four months free trials. Um, and there were a lot of operators at that point in time under huge cost pressure, but also, you know, they were pretty much not doing anything because of lockdown. So they had time and 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 time on their hands to look at new software, new platforms. Understood. And so to and, fill, and up, fill, up, really fill up the rest of the funding story, just because we're running short on time here. So 300,000 bucks raised back then at a 3.7 valuation. You sold 8% in 2019. Have you raised additional capital since then? Yeah, we have had two more rounds since then. Um, one was a 1.4 million uh, pounds, so which is roughly about two, $2 million, uh, I think, or just a little bit shorter. So this was completed in June 2021. Um, which is again mostly private individuals, and we gave up another twenty five percent as 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 part of that. And then I'm just completing a round now, which is going to be another one point two million, uh, which should hopefully. I mean, uh, I'm hoping this will be confidential for a bit, uh, so I'm not going to disclose um, the the investors. But we do have thirty days. Um, We're recording on February 9th. This will go live somewhere in the middle of next month. So. Okay, so we're still kind of completing a transaction with a uh, VC investor. So, um, but if that completes, then we'll be. Why do you need the money, though? I mean, if you raised two million on an eight million post money valuation last year, you sold twenty five percent of the business. Where'd that two million go? Why do you need more money now? Um, Well, it's a tech business, first of all, where uh, we are sort of, um, you know, how do we get? We're not running against time, but we are also um fulfilling a gap in the market by bringing together various pieces of functionality in one which means we are building very fast but we are building a lot how many people um, are on the team full-time um we are based between india and you and, and uk so in india we have about 50 percent of the team around 15 16 people and uh, uk has about similar 15 people as well. And so 30 people um, total, how many engineers? Um, well, I will call it product team. So product team is about um, 70%. The remaining 30 is marketing, sales, administration, or could be about 75%. Okay, so about 21 of them are engineers and then seven or eight are sort of marketing, sales, and other things. Yes. Got it. So, okay. Cool. Great. This makes sense. So, so um, growing, raising now. Um, so, raising initial capital. The one point two million you raise now, whatever you raise, what revenue do you hope you can grow to with that capital? Um, so that's where we uh, are able to get to our, uh, you know, hundred k per MRR. Um, so effectively, this is being fund utilized to fund all our sales and operational growth. So we had to invest a lot in obviously building up the team in the sales, but also customer success, which is a key part of, yeah, we have got, you know, great number of users, but we have to, you know, increase our adoption, increase and our support around them. So all that infrastructure and spend plus all the new development. So that's what it's funding. So by end of this year, we hope to utilize this fund to get to our 100 KMRR, which sort of gets us to break even revenue. Well, um, we're rooting for you, Biz, but we're out of time for now. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book? Um, the Lean Startup. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? 
Um, I usually follow Jeff Bezos because of his uh, innovation um, uh, spirit. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Coaster? Um, it changes, but uh, right now it's something called uh, Product Board. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I sleep plenty, um, about seven hours. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? Uh, married. Any kids? Uh, none yet, but we have a dog. Okay, fair enough. And how old are you? Uh, I'm about 36. 36. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Oh, sorry? Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Um, uh, well, uh, I, I think it, when I was 20, I would wish that um, I knew that you know growing old would be uh, so exciting. Guys, there you have it. Coaster.com launched in 2018. They help smaller car rental companies digitize to make the friction uh, less relevant when they're trying to onboard new customers, get vehicles out the door. Doing about 3000 bucks in revenue a year ago, now 10000 bucks a month in revenue today. 50 customers, team of about 30 people. Did a $2 million seed round at an eight post money valuation, sold 25% last year, sold 8% before that. Now raising an additional amount of capital. We'll see where that flushes out. But Biz, we're rooting for you. Thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you very much, Nathan. Appreciate it.